the sun has left and forgotten me. It's dark, I cannot see. Your stories don't define you, but how you tell them will. Hi, I'm Sarah Elkins, your host and chief storymaker at Elkins Consulting. This episode is the third in a series where I share a story and explain why that story is relevant at work and particularly with the job interview. My mom is one of four with two older siblings and an identical twin sister. They still look alike in their mid seventies. It had been a long time since the whole family got together, though all the cousins had pretty close relationships as we were growing up. So when mom and aunt Leslie were turning 75 in the summer of 2021, my sister, brother, and cousin who lives in London, Aunt Leslie's son, thought a big celebration was in order. Not just for their birthday, but as a reunion to get that generation of siblings together with all of their beloved nieces and nephews. One major complication was that we still had serious concerns about COVID, especially for our family with potential for complications, like my mom's 87-year-old sister, and her 85-year-old brother. It was agreed that we do our best to plan gatherings outdoors. The first thing I consider when bringing people together for any kind of event is how they'll get there. We agreed on Park City, Utah because Salt Lake City is a large hub airport and it's pretty central for family coming in from all over the US and the UK. Plus, my mother's husband generously offered to use his points at a vacation condominium right in town so everyone could stay in the same place and we'd each have a full kitchen and plenty of places to gather. And what was really good news was that my family could drive in from Montana, which meant we could bring outdoor games and cooking equipment if necessary. The next thing I consider when I'm planning an event is how I want my guests to feel when they leave. What do I want them to be talking about afterward? What stories do I want them to share? I got on a planning call with my brother, sister, and cousin and asked them their thoughts about those questions. And what came out of the conversation was that what we really wanted was for everyone to feel relaxed, well-fed, and reconnected. Secondary was that we hoped our children would connect with our cousin's kids, the second cousins, encouraging relationships among the next generation of this close-knit, loving family. Wanting our guests to feel relaxed meant a few things to me in terms of planning. Adequate communication about what to expect for activities and schedule, clear expectations about cost, and when we're together, the details would be invisible. Our guests could be fully present in the moment. Wanting our guests to feel connected meant plenty of unscheduled time for spontaneous gatherings, sharing ideas for activities to do together, and hiring a photographer to make sure we had high quality images to remind us of our time together. And if you know me and my siblings at all, you know the well-fed part is critical for us, which meant really good food and 
consideration for people with different food priorities, preferences, and allergies. We plan to host dinner on Friday night and Saturday evenings for all 40 guests. And I told my siblings I'd work on that and get back to them. I had a hard time finding an outdoor venue for 40 people that wasn't either already booked, it was August, which meant wedding season, or would cost us way more than we could afford. I did some Google digging and found a small lodge on the edge of town that had an outdoor dining area with a canopy. The catering menu offered a great variety of foods for reasonable prices, and they had a family-style option for service, which meant platters of food delivered to tables rather than plated dishes or a buffet. It was perfect for our second night, but our Friday night dinner was still not coming together. I hoped to find an outdoor venue with a grill so we could host a nice, inexpensive picnic. My husband and I have catering and cooking experience, and my brother and sister also spent time in food service early in their careers, so everyone could help. Turns out Instagram is a great resource for finding local photographers. So I started searching with hashtags, Park City, Utah, family photographer, and wedding photographer. It really only took a few minutes to find three or four I liked. I scrolled through their posts to see their styles, and I reached out to ask about cost and availability. When I got on the phone with Ashley, I knew immediately she'd have the sense of humor and style to bring out the best in my large, silly, hard to herd family. At the end of our conversation, I mentioned what I was looking for to host dinner on Friday evening. And she immediately said, oh, did you check Rotary Park at the edge of town? It's lovely and has three grills and a covered area. It's just beautiful. And before we even finished our call, she had looked it up, showed it as available on the city's website, and shared the address with me. I found it and reserved it right away. Oof, what a relief. Next, it was time to put the budget spreadsheet together and share it with my siblings and cousin, get their approval, distribute tasks, and talk through the details. Thank goodness my husband agreed to help me cater dinner Friday night at the park. He's a great bartender and offered to come up with a special cocktail recipe to share with the adults at the party. The week before the event, I made three sauces to bring along. Homemade pesto, barbecue sauce, and a coconut peanut curry for the chicken skewers he agreed to grill that evening. I put spice packs together for what would be the roasted root veggies from our farmer's market, red beets, golden beets, potatoes, garlic, carrots. The spice packets would also be for a barley salad, a caprese salad of grape tomatoes, mozzarella, and fresh basil, and dressing for a slaw I would make that afternoon. I had a list of kitchen equipment to pack up in the car, including serving dishes, baking sheets, and of course, sharp knives plus compostable plates, forks, and spoons, and the fun stemless stainless steel goblets I had ordered with Ruth and Leslie's 75th on them, so we wouldn't need disposable cups. 
On Friday afternoon, I enlisted the help of my siblings and cousins in our condo to skewer the marinated chicken and vegetables and to help transport coolers and Rubbermaid tubs full of food and equipment to the park. Dinner was fabulous. Games of bocce ball, animated conversations, and laughter were the background sounds as we grilled and mixed drinks. Our amazing photographer captured some fabulous photos. Everyone was well-fed, regardless of food preferences and restrictions. Saturday's dinner went equally well. And as the whole group serenaded the twins with a loud and heart-filled, love-filled rendition of the happy birthday song, my brother, sister, cousin, and I gathered in a group hug, absolutely satisfied with our efforts. My family is still talking about that weekend two years later, and our younger son mentioned the other day that he continues to check in with his second cousins via text and a Snapchat thread they share. Because he and my cousin's son connected the way they did at that event, Max flew down to Denver for a snowboarding weekend with my cousin and his family the following March. I ticked off every box of my intentions for that event. So why share this story? Many clients ask me how to translate their experiences to be relevant for a job in a completely different industry. And women rejoining the workforce after taking time off to care for children or elderly parents seem to struggle with this. So sharing a story of a personal experience like mine is a great way to demonstrate your skills, character, and values. Think back on my story. What skills and values did I demonstrate by sharing the steps I take to plan an event? The way I found great services and venues, how I interacted with my family, the goals I set for the event, and equally important, the satisfaction I found in meeting those goals. Maybe listen to the story again to hear those cues. Notice how I included other characters in my story. Notice how I described my role in it so a listener would know I was the primary character while still acknowledging that I didn't succeed alone. Now it's your turn. What story came to mind for you as I shared my family reunion story? Think about the steps you took to make that project or experience successful. Think about how you interacted with other characters in your story. Were you the hero or were you the guide? Why does this story matter to you? And what was the impact of your success? Add your stories to your story portfolio or story collection so you're ready for the next opportunity at a networking event, on a podcast, or maybe in a job interview. Thanks for listening to Your Stories Don't Define You, How You Tell Them Will. If you're curious about how my workshops and keynotes can help you and your audience or team be better ambassadors for your organization and their careers, please visit my website, elkinsconsulting.com 
to schedule a discovery call. And if you are loving this series of podcast episodes, please share it with your friends and leave me a review so more people have access to this resource. Smile, what's the use of crying? You'll find that life is still worthwhile if you just smile.